I want to talk about three things today. Number one, I want to talk about the wide receivers who may be available to the Indianapolis Colts when they draft 42nd, or maybe they trade up for a guy. We'll talk about that guy. I want to answer a comment from yesterday. Uh, Our good friend Spirit Week paid to have a question read and answered, so by God, we're going to do that. I want to talk about Miller Cop. I don't understand the hatred. On this channel, the comments about Indiana basketball are relentless and unanimous in their disdain for Miller Cop. Miller Cop is Miller Cop. We're going to talk about it. And I want to talk about five steps that college basketball can take, the rules committee can take, to improve the game. Not fix it. Doesn't need to be fixed. I love college basketball the way it is. But there are some enhancements that can be done. Uh, Jay Billis has a piece at ESPN.com that he posted about the Final Four and about ways to augment or enhance college basketball. I don't think they go far enough, so I'm going to take it farther. That's what we do here on Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Thursday, March 31st, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best that there is. You got teeth, you want to keep them, get a great dentist. That's Dr. Mike O'Neill. 317-849-2933 is the number. Hit subscribe, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's go, let's talk about sports. And if you got a question or a comment and you want it read and answered immediately, you know what? Donate. It's an easy way to do it. Free enterprise works, baby. We're capitalists around here. All right, let's talk about sports and the wide uh, receiver position as it will affect the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts right now, they've got uh, they got one guy. They got Pittman. And then you got Patman. Not to be confused with Pittman. Michael Pittman Jr. has a chance to become a really, really good wide receiver. Had a terrific sophomore season with the Colts. 1,100 yards, he was kind of the Carson Wentz locked-into guy, and why not? You didn't have Paris Campbell, he was hurt most of the year. Didn't have T.Y. Hilton for a bunch of the year. You had Zach Paschal, but Zach Paschal really didn't didn't do much for the Colts last year. That might have been the fault of Carson Wentz, but I think part of it is owned by Zach Paschal. And we talked about Desmond Patman, Michael Strawn, Kiki Kute. Yeah, you got a bunch of guys. It's Michael Pittman and the Pips, right? You really don't have guys that you can rely on to be the number one wide receiver, perhaps. If Pittman's a two, you need a one. If Pittman's a one, you need a really good two. You need a slot guy. You need guys. And that's what Spirit Week was, or uh, uh, Spirit Walk was asking about yesterday. He said, always lead with a compliment, and we appreciate this greatly. he said, thanks for the great content. I like Christian Watson as a second-round pick and slot wide receiver punt returner guy, uh, Kyle Phillips, a Hunter Renfro type, maybe in the late third. Your thoughts? Here are my thoughts. Uh, I don't think that necessarily Christian Watson is a 42 guy. I think you're going to be able to get Christian Watson if you trade back. I don't think he's going to be a first-round guy. He's out of North Dakota State. He ran a 4-3-6 in the 40. He catches a lot of balls. He's got a good catch radius. He should be available at 42 if the Colts want to go get him. We can make a joke about North Dakota State because Carson Wentz is also an alum at North Dakota State, but that doesn't convey negativity. 
uh, on a kid like Christian Watson. I'm not that high on Watson, to tell you the truth. I'm higher on other guys. Maybe Watson is going to be terrific. Maybe Watson is the next DK Metcalf. He is big, he's rangy, he's fast. Wouldn't be bad. I mean, he's a guy that they don't have right now. Right now, as far as Kyle Phillips goes, I like Kyle Phillips a lot. I think Kyle Phillips is exactly the kind of guy that this team needs. He's a guy who runs great routes. He understands how to use his hips, how to bait guys, corners, into moving their hips so he can cut the other way. Kyle Phillips is a really good, dynamic guy without great speed. He ran a 4.58. But 4.58, if you've got great kind of knowledge and ability, I, Cooper Cup ran what? A 4.62. That's David Bell territory. We're not going to crap on David Bell for his lack of speed, but I think if you've got, first of all, uh, Phillips is faster out of UCLA. Second of all, I think he runs better routes than David Bell. I think he's the kind of guy you can look at. And and uh, Spirit Walk mentioned it. He's a harder Renfro type. There are these guys without great speed, but with great tactical knowledge that puts them in a place where they really, like Wes Welker. Wes Welker wasn't a first-round guy, but Wes Welker had blindingly fast feet. He was unbelievable. I was on the field watching this guy. He was from here to the wall. From Wes Welker, I was like, how in the hell do you cover this guy? That guy's uncoverable. <laughs> feet are chopping like that, and boom, he's gone. Uh, Kyle Phillips is a guy similar to that, I think. If you get a guy like Kyle Phillips in the fourth round, bam, 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 take him and run all the way to the bank. I love that idea. Uh, Christian Watson, a little bit different. Other guys, you know what? I'd love for the Colts to be able to trade up and get Chris Olave. Chris Olave, very fast. A terrific route runner as well. I, I like guys who can run routes and also are good speed guys. There are a lot of good speed guys in the draft not a lot of great route runners. Chris Olave, one of those, he's projected late teens, early 20s. You'd really have to give up something good, like Quentin Nelson, to move into an area of the draft where you could go get a guy like Chris Olave. But who is going to win you more games? A number one wide receiver in Ascension or a left guard who may be because of back issues and stuff, and he's going to be really expensive. He's going to cost you money. You know, you got to kind of, you got to do that balance. You, you got to figure pragmatics. Pragmatics are really, really important. And while Chris Ballard loves Quentin Nelson for the intangibles that he brings into the locker room and the, the bar that he sets up here for his teammates, you know what? Maybe Matt Ryan can do that. You know what I mean? Like, if you got a left guard who's the hardest working guy in the building and who is the bar setter, for your team, that says a lot about your roster and not necessarily about Quentin Nelson, right? Nothing against Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson's wonderful. I just don't want to pay a left guard $16, $18 million. I just don't want to do that. Ballard says things. That doesn't mean that we can't say that if we were in that position, we would trade Quentin Nelson and get something that's going to score you touchdowns. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't need the best left guard, pulling guard, best in the history of the NFL. Quentin Nelson might be that. I don't need it. What the hell do we need that for? This is a passing lead, for God's sake. Pulling guards 
lead a tailback round. The last time that a tailback won the MVP for a Super Bowl champion was 1998, and it was Terrell Davis. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Why are we building it differently? Let's go. I heard him on, on with Dan Dockage talking about Quentin Nelson and the intangibles, and you got to pay him, and he thought that 18 to $20 million was too much, that they wouldn't have to spend that to sign Quentin Nelson. I don't care. I want a Lombardi trophy. I want meaningful banners hanging in the Raptors Lucas Oil Stadium, and I've never seen a left guard so good that he provided one. Have you? Not in the last 30 years, right? Larry Allen, maybe. Russ Grimm, maybe. Joe DeLamalure never even got to a Super Bowl. What the hell are we talking about? John Hanna, his last game was Super Bowl 20. And what's that game known for? That game is known for the Chicago Bears unleashing a torrent of whoop-ass all over Tony Eason and then Steve Grogan. That's what that is. The most ignominious day in the history of the New England Patriots franchise. That's what that day is. All right, so give me a wide receiver who can score touchdowns and make plays because that's how you win. Chris Olave would do that. You got other guys, though. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Uh, you got Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert's nice out of South Alabama. Justin Ross, the Clemson kid, who was great as a freshman, not so good since. Uh, same thing with Pickens at Georgia, was unreal as a freshman. And, and then he did tear his ACL last spring, so you got that. But he came back to play in, in the finale for Georgia. Uh, Khalil, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State, who's got a, a case of the dropsies a little bit. What are you going to do? I want to talk about Miller. We're going to keep talking about this stuff. We got a long way to the draft, right? The draft first round is four weeks from tonight. We got 28 days to talk about the draft and the Colts, unless they trade up. They aren't going to draft until four weeks from tomorrow. They got two picks, one in the second round, one in the third, and it wouldn't surprise me to see the Colts trade back from 42 because what you can get at 42, you can probably get at 49, right? So, there you go. Put Matt Ryan at wide receiver. That is an idea, not a good one, but an idea. I know you were being funny. Uh, Miller Cop. Miller Cop is exactly what he was in terms of shooting the basketball at Northwestern. Miller Cop in his three years in Evanston hit 36%, almost exactly 36% from beyond the arc. At Indiana last year, he hit 36.1%. So he didn't forget how to shoot. He shoot exact, shot exactly how Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers should have expected him to shoot. This is what Miller Cop does. He doesn't do anything great, but he's in the right place at the right time. That's what he does on defense. And the guys he's playing ahead of, he does that better than they do. He is more trustable on the court than they are. And that means something. You can't have renegades doing whatever the hell you want. You have to have guys playing like this. They have to play together, and that is what Miller Cop does. He has no agenda other than to compete his ass off for Indiana. And that is a valuable asset for Mike Woodson in Indiana. And that is why Miller Cop plays, because you had two other guys last year, 
And nothing against those guys, but Tamar Bates spun around like a top on defense. It didn't know where he was supposed to be. Didn't know whether he was supposed to go over the top of screens, underneath screens, slip screens. What was he supposed to do? Did he ever block anyone out? Jordan Geronimo, a little bit of the same thing, but Jordan Geronimo got better as the year went on. Tamar Bates has got to get better at that this offseason. Screw the individual workouts. Put these guys on the floor and have them learn how to play team basketball because that's what those guys needed. Miller Cop already knows how to do it. Trace Jackson Davis, Ray Thompson know how to do it. Xavier Johnson got better at it as the year went on. Parker Stewart, similar to Miller Cop in that he knew where to be and when. His feet were slow. Miller Cop guys get the corner on him too. You know what? That's the way it goes. You would rather have a guy in position getting beat than a guy completely out of position, right? Miller Cop is a good basketball player who helped Indiana to its first NCAA basketball tournament in six years. So let's stop crapping all over Miller Cop and let's stop crapping all over Parker Stewart. And now the, uh, you know, he's gone, we know, in the portal. Stop crapping on Rob Finnessy. Do you think these guys want to play mediocre basketball? People hold Indiana guys. I had a conversation about this with Dane Fife when he was a student. The amount of uh, crap that these guys have to put up with is absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's talk about college basketball. Five quick ways to make this thing better. Eliminate. I want it gone. Official reviews, gone. I do not want to watch referees stand in front of a monitor ever. Ever. For any reason. Not just boundary. You know, oh, we'll limit it to boundary calls. You know, did the ball hit the line? I don't care. Employ officials who know what to look at and are good at making calls and get them 95, 98% right. That's all I need. And then as far as flagrant fouls, if it isn't flagrant enough to see with the naked eye, then it's not flagrant. You don't need to go to the monitor every time you think a guy might have thrown an elbow for the love of God. All right, we're moving the three-point line back another foot. And we're widening the court. And this is true in the NBA too. Widening the court. I know that's going to cause problems for the arenas. That's too bad. We're widening the court by three feet. So that we have, we don't have corner threes anymore in the NBA. And we won't have corner threes in college basketball when I move this thing back to where it belongs. Easy enough. All right. We're going to make three-point shots more difficult. But we're going to spread the court more. And in order to do that, we're also widening the lane. And uh, we're going to broaden the restricted area. That's moving out. I hate the charge call. The block charge call is a pox upon college basketball. I don't want it anymore. I'd like to eliminate the charge altogether, but for the time being, all we're going to do is uh, extend the restricted area. Coaches are going to be paid as professors. That's it. Nobody's going to make $10 million anymore, $8 million, $5 million, $3 million. Screw that. This is college basketball. These guys are educators. Pay them as educators and give them tenure. That's going to change the dynamic of college basketball for the better immediately. Uh, What else we got? I think that's about it. I think that was the five things. That's it. Call the rules as they're written. Jay Billis said this. Totally agree. Way too much going on. Way too much physicality. Let's move beyond it. 
Can we? Thank you. All right. Uh, tomorrow morning breakfast with Kent. It's going to be a little bit later than usual. That's the way it goes. I get my annual physical tomorrow. What are we doing? Got to figure out what's right and what's wrong. Do I have, have I suffered a brain injury over the last year? I don't think so. But they're going to tell me for sure tomorrow I haven't suffered a brain injury. You might think I've suffered a brain injury. I haven't suffered a brain injury. We're going to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Bray Hall is right. I think I'm okay. I think I'm all right. And that's the way it goes. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon, too, it's what we do.